Live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. Back to Jimmy on the right side. Elevates, fires a three at the end of the shot clock and knocked it down right in Tatum's face. Struce, three ball, right wing. I love the juice. The juice from Struce. Everybody get loose. Down to Jimmy. Precious only one who can stop him, and he can't do it. 41 points for Jimmy Butler. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Here we go to Wednesday. Three lawyers, Battle Warren Broadcast Center. Willie's here. He is the company. It's Cofield. Justin Watkins alongside to start out the show. A lot of things to get to. I really want to spend some time on Brittany Griner and then uh, a bunch more on the NHL and BGK and what's going to happen with the head coaching slot. So let's get to it. It's the three on Cofield and Company. Before any of that, though, we should mention, Willie, the preseason home dates are now set August 14th and August 26th. Yeah, Raiders have their uh, – that came out today. We got the the text message first, and they uh, are going to be hosting the Vikings and the Patriots. And it looks like – I would imagine – I think that already came out, though, that they were going to be doing some joint practices, which – is a little uh, – I, I have to wonder if it's a smart thing to do. Um, well, they play much later in the season in Week 15. But I yeah. guess they're still buddies in spite of the fact that Belichick had a couple of his guys stolen and they're trying to steal more of the Patriots organization. So I guess it's the rare, the rare case from what we've heard in the past. Belichick can be uh, pretty vindictive if you try to – you know, if you leave, you try to start stealing his guys. Yeah. But maybe at an older age, he's like, eh, whatever. Go if you want to go. Well, I would imagine if that if if there if we're gonna see fireworks like we did with the uh, with the Raiders and the Rams last season in the preseason down there, that that might be the the time that we see it. That'll be fun. Maybe last oh. year was what Jalen Ramsey and Hunter Renfro, yeah. and apparently Renfro was destroying Jalen Ramsey with his China route, which is always entertaining. One of the best routes, unique routes. In all of football. All right, let's get to what was going on last night with the Aces. They win the game, come back against the Mercury. Uh, Mercury have certainly one of the most unlikable players in the game, in Diana Taurasi, and even our own teammates want to punch her. There was almost a fight last night. We'll get to that. But right now, they're they're not in great shape because they're missing one of their best players, Brittany Griner. So on the floor, I'm sure that's hurting. I don't know what it's doing to him mentally, but Justin, this case is is fascinating because we can't you know break things down like it's U.S. law, because we, you know, it's not the same thing. And I've seen so much speculation on the Russians. They were supposed to have a hearing on May 19th, which is what, tomorrow? Um, and then out of nowhere, like six days ago, they bring her in. She's, you know, she's in cuffs. She's in a sweatshirt all, you know, hunched over. And there really wasn't any answer out of that. So what is going on here? Because the other thing, I guess this is maybe she's a political tool and they want to do some sort of prisoner swap. But what are you reading now in Brittany Griner and this? It's almost 90 days now that she's been in Russian jail. What I'm reading is not really helpful to, to answer your question as to what actually is going on. All I'm reading is a ton of speculation. And what I want to be careful in, in characterizing this is to make sure that I don't say that she was improperly accused or that she didn't do what the allegations are that she did, which is, you know, have some resin in a vape pen uh of marijuana which is illegal uh, for all purposes basically in russia 
the allegation or the characterization from the State Department is that she is being unlawfully detained. Um, and that does not address the underlying charge. And what I can gather from the reports out there is the reason for the delay is Russian authorities are now saying that they are performing an investigation as to whether or not she was trafficking drugs, which would, uh, in theory, justify a, a delay in any hearings and and a stiffer pre- prison sentence if she were to be convicted. From my perspective, I think that is what the State Department is holding on to to say that there's an unlawful detainer because they're saying there's, I, I imagine they're saying there's no evidence of trafficking. All we have is That's a right. resin on a little bit of a vape pen. There's no possibility that there was any trafficking. And the fact that the Russian authorities are characterizing it as such is just gamesmanship yep. so that they can use her as a tool for trading of prisoners. And that's, I mean, that, first of all, allege, I keep seeing people that are arguing against it. And I think there are a lot of angry uh, I guess it would be conservatives, right? That would be the right phrase. Um, I'm not a polit- political guy, but if the, because of the bubble and her stance she was taking and kneeling, because I've seen a lot of ugly remarks regarding that. But now there's, you know, saying, no, oh, it's not it's not unlawful if she was trafficking, if she was caught with this, if she was doing so. First of all, it's still alleged because we still don't know if, if she actually had it. Second thing is, let's be real. Brittany Griner was not is not trafficking and smuggling like a dealer. If anything, if she did have it, she probably was traveling with it and just and had it on her because she smokes a vape pen with marijuana cartridges, whatever the case is. But she's not a drug dealer. You know what I mean? This 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 woman makes a lot of money. So the problem is exactly what you said, Justin, is they know the leverage they have with a beloved American athlete. And they have the upper hand in which they can make their demands for. Yeah, I just want to be careful in the saying that I I have no evidence one way or the other. And I haven't seen any information one way or the other as to whether or not she had sufficient quantities to be considered trafficking. Could there be a scenario in which that's possible? I mean, maybe she's, you know, she's playing for a Russian team. Maybe there's teammates who know that it's legal here and asked her to bring some over. I, I don't know a whole host of things could could be true about you know any sort of allegations that way none of which we have any evidence of i have nothing on that the only the only confirmed um allegation that we are aware of from the russian authorities is that there not there was resin Mm. in a vape pen that's all that's been told to us and my you know inexpertise my my novice Russian law degree <laughs> says that that is insufficient to have delays to the point where we've had them now, which is why the U.S. State Department is saying this is an unlawful detainer at this point. She's been, according to the U.S. Embassy, she's been denied visitors three times. Yep. So there's an issue there. That's with the international law. Right. Yep. And and so the State Department has said that 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 they, the Russians are violating international law by denying the visitation from the embassy. And then rumors are, this is all for a prisoner swap, which we've done before. Uh, in this case, the prisoner swap is a gentleman whose nickname is the Merchant of Death, uh, who is what was captured in 2008 
in Thailand was sentenced here to 25 years. They want him back for vape pen, Brittany Griner. I, I think can it's, this be the truth? It, I, I think it's super dangerous to even that give, seems how that's, to give any oxygen to that fire because it's 100% just a, a rumor. There is nothing. There's nothing substantiated on that. The article that I saw that originated that rumor did not seem to be credible to me. Okay. So I, I just don't want to, I just don't want to get credence that. And, and, and to add to that, in, in reading several articles regarding that, what they were saying was it was a hypothetical in that the high, in the profile she is and the person she is, is they could see that that would be someone on the level it would take. To get so they threw it out there. Oh, really? It wasn't that that's what they were demanding. If you read a few articles, that's it was that they were throwing out like, well, maybe this person, and that's what it would take to get Russia to consider. Yeah. Because me as a or the resident lunatic on the show, my first thought was, you know what? How about we do this? How about we arrest uh, Kuznetsov from the capitals and let's do an exchange there and trump up some phony charge about cocaine, right? But you can't do that. You Shouldn't can't do, do that, that if you're complaining about, you know, what is just and right and how they're mistreating you. You can't just go out and arrest freaking, you know, Ovechkin. I, I'm, I'm not even going so far as to saying they're mistreating her. I don't know. No, we don't you know. know. I don't know. Um, I don't know if she broke their laws or not and, and to what extent she did or not, because we just don't have that information. And so I'm trying to be very careful and tiptoe around to to. I get the the amount of support that she's getting in the WNBA and the NBA for her release, but from my perspective, if I were in those shoes, I'd be very careful about what I said because I don't know what the truth is. And if she is breaking all these laws, then I think you've done yourself and your your cause and your your organization a disservice. Justin Watkins, Battleborn Injury Alerts five seven zero nine thousand is the number. Will Ramirez is here. We're just kicking off a Wednesday show. On the way back, we'll get to the latest on the head coaching search for the Vegas Golden Knights and uh, get these guys and their reaction. Um, Pete DeBoer going bye-bye on Monday. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000 with your questions today. People play sports with a lot of passion. And so we've seen it, you know, we're not the first team to have any kind of arguments or disagreements on the bench. Uh, we've seen it throughout the NBA season and other leagues. So there's a lot going on. Our team has even more going on with um, the BG situation too. Uh, that isn't something that goes away for us. Uh, so, so yeah, I think uh, I would call it passion. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to present the facts only on Cofield and Company. That was the uh, Phoenix Mercury coach talking about what looked like uh, Skylar Diggins wanting to kick uh, Diana Taurasi's ass. Um, it settled down after a couple of dust-ups. We'll get into that a little more. Uh, coach also mentioned, hey, maybe the team's a little frayed right now because of Brittany Griner, which, you know, I wouldn't blame him. I th- yeah, and one of the reporters, I think she she led her down that path, but she was wondering just with so many emotions on and off the court if that can happen. I personally don't think that in the middle of a game that they were winning and were looking for revenge against an Aces team, which I think have kind of been like the Golden Knights, you know, the 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 new darlings in the league that has a target on their back and you got the person is the GOAT and now all of a sudden they're losing, tempers are going to flare. They weren't thinking about Brittany Griner in the third quarter, all due respect to the dilemma that Brittany Griner's in. That's not why they got a flare-up. 
Pete DeBoer fired on Monday. Yeah. Made him wait two weeks. He actually spoke to the media as a rep of the organization. Then he's gone. You know, two Mondays later. A lot of people think he got a raw deal. I mean, I think he probably did, but at the same time, I I I think I said on here I was in favor of making the change. Um, if for no other reason than all special teams has gotten progressively worse ever since he joined uh, the team. And I just don't think that they were ever going to be able to attain uh, a cup with a power play that's in, if I'm being kind, the bottom third. But the reality is bottom three power plays in the league, bottom five. And a penalty kill that used to be number one and is now less than average. And that never got better. I, uh, that the system was predictable for the playoffs. We got beat two the same way two years in a row um and so i i, I was for it I, you know what Let, let's try to i don't think i don't think we have a big window here all these guys are old we gotta we gotta get this done next year or two maybe i don't disagree in anything that justin said and i know a couple of weeks ago when uh right after the when he came on and spoke uh or when the exit interviews and justin you were on the show and i had said that for the job that he did with the, the car, with the hand he was dealt, that if you if we had votes as the PHWA for Jack Adams Award, he might fall fifth. I wouldn't say he he clearly is the winner, and you had disagreed because of the special teams. But here's the thing: the reason I disagree with the move is just because it's a bad look in the fact that no coach of a team that's been to the playoffs four of the five years, the conference final three times, the Stanley Cup once. If you were to take all five years, throw them in a blender, roll them out, and say, hey, back in 2016, here's what you're going to be doing over the first five years. People would be ecstatic. But we haven't had a coach last three seasons. They could, couldn't last three full seasons. It To me, it's just an overall bad look. Is it a bad look on the coaches or is it a bad look on management? I don't know. Oh, I think it's a bad look on management. I, I, don't, I don't think either of the two coaches in how they perform their duties – did anything that justified termination because of the totality of the circumstances and the position the team was put in as a result of management. And you know what? I don't know. Ownership to what extent ownership is, is involved in that. Certainly. I don't know, but because of the position that the team was put in, they became the scapegoats. And, and you know what? I, I think it was predictable. Look how many coaches George McPhee had in Washington in his, was it 17 years there? something on the lines of nine or 10 coaches in 17 years. So that's the, that's the change that gets made um, under, under his sort of system of, of management. Justin Watkins with us talking about the uh, golden Knights needing a coach. Now Pete DeBoer out. Uh, Willie brings up the management angle. You just followed up on it uh, at the press conference with Kelly McCrimmon. I thought it was interesting. Uh, Ed from the press box pointed the question back at McCrimmon and, you know, McPhee who wasn't there and is like, uh, how about you guys? Kelly, no matter what, it's three and five years. So how much do you and George also look in the mirror and say, this is part of us as well? All these decisions reflect on uh, on us, Ed, and I'm proud to stand behind them. I, I don't uh, I don't have any trouble looking in the mirror with uh, the decisions that we make or the things that we do. I don't have any, I don't have any trouble uh, looking in the mirror and telling myself where I can be better uh, also. I'm not... Uh, I'm not above any of that, but uh, you know, as I touched on it with uh, the earlier question, um, you know, I believe we're doing the right thing. I believe it was, uh, it's uh, the right decision. And when you believe that and you don't act on it, to me, uh, that's poor management. Okay, 
So some I, conviction there. I like the last half of what he said, which is, hey, if you believe it's the right decision, you shouldn't worry about what other people are going to say. You make the move, whether it's popular or not. I agree with that part. The, the first part I don't really love is that there seems to be very little acknowledgement that the current situation is a result of the actions of the front office. And I, if I were assigning blame between front office and Pete DeBoer as to why we missed the playoffs this year, it would be 80-20 front office, 90-10. Uh, I mean, the only the only reason I'm even assigning any to, to DeBoer is his handling of the goalies down the stretch um, and, yep. and how he conveyed that, at least publicly, and clearly um, upset some of his players, uh, Leonard being the, the namesake of that. But but we were over the cap before the season even started, and then they added ten more million dollar player and gave away two well, they, players to help. They, they had planned on playing this game the entire year, and then and then did it even worse. They even went more so in that direction, and so. They played a game that meant you had to be 100% healthy to really have a chance. And they have one of the oldest rosters in, in hockey. And so I think it was predictable that they were going to be put in a really tough spot where they would have some injuries and not have the cap space to put somebody in the lineup who had any NHL experience. How many, how many players played their first game in the NHL this year? Yeah. A lot. More yeah. than a half a dozen. Yeah. You know? Um. And to that point about the you know him and the the, the goaltender, how he handled the goaltending situation, we can all question DeBoer all we want, but let's not let's not ignore the possibility and what I think is the, the it's definite that the fingerprints of Kelly and George were all over that as well. And I have heard through reliable sources that that now infamous, notorious Washington Capitals game in which he turned to Leonard and then pulled him after the first period that he was told that that's who he should start. And between periods, there was a little bit of a dust up in the locker room when discussing, and he was trying to point out something about his placement increase. And it went, it was a back and forth and divorce said, well, I'm putting Thompson in. So, you know, it's since day one, it's there's always been and and that's why we had heard that Gallant you know ultimately was fired because he didn't see eye to eye with George McPhee. Mm -hmm. He didn't agree with philosophies of George McPhee. If you're going to allow, you know, if you're going to come in and coach and you want the management to micromanage, there's you're there's going to be flare-ups, there's going to be a problem unless you were a passive coach. And I just don't think that Gerard Gallant is that way and I don't think that Peter DeBoer is that way. On the flip side of that, I'd say this. If you accepted a job, if you're Pete DeBoer, in the way that he accepted this job, why would you think that they would treat you any differently than they treated the dude before you? I mean, they fired they fired a guy who was immensely popular, had achieved nothing but success, and made sure that they had you in tow and ready to accept the job before they ever fired him. Now, if you're dealing with an organization that's willing to do that, what in the world makes you – It's like it's like – getting married to the lady that was cheating on her husband with you and expected that she's not going to cheat on right, you. Right. It's, it's you, it's what you bought into. It was baked into the cake. I want to throw something out there real quick. It is kind of just a side note. I've heard since DeBoer was fired, several people say, you know, 
And I agree with this part. They definitely have in mind who they would like to be the coach, but yeah. everybody's comparing it to that January 15, 2020 day and going, well, when they fire in the same press release, when they fired Gallant, they hired DeBoer. It was in season. Of course they named a new coach. They don't need to name a new coach right now. Right. Settle down. Right. You know, they, they can take their time on this one. All of a sudden, they don't have to do it. They, 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 were, they were on the road. They needed another coach. I don't believe for a second that they fire Peter DeBoer without having the next name. Hands already. down. It's, it's got to be Trotz, I think. I mean, think? I think I so. I get, I get the feeling that the list the RJ put out, um, and I'm not questioning, you know, that they, they don't work on the stuff, but I get the feeling that none of those guys may be the guy. I, I think they're going to surprise people. But the list they put out was Trotz, Rick Tockett, Paul Maurice, Joel Quenville, which is absurd to me, and uh, John Tortorella. I. Go ahead. Jason. I like the name that I've heard uh, out there, uh, Ricard Gromberg. I <laughs> like was, it. I mean, I just I'm that guy. I'm yeah. like a guy that likes you and Tyler shiny, Bischoff would love new, it. Yeah. you know, up and coming <laughs> coach. But but with this roster, if this is our window, and and it's hard to believe, I don't even know if it's our window. Our window might already be closed. You're 15 million dollars over the cap, and when you look down that list of how you're going to come up with 15, well, it's now 14 because the cap goes up a million. You got fourteen million dollars. You got to cut off this roster. You you find that fourteen million and tell me how we're still in our window after that. Those cuts are made. I think those cuts can be made, but nobody's taking them. Nobody's going to do us any favors and take these huge contracts off of our list. So I, I would love to see an up and coming coach, but I think that they think that they're in their window. That that window lasts another year or two. They're going to have somebody who's done it, who's held that cup before, and that's who you're going to see. I think the name Tortorella is kind of interesting, you know, being kind of the uh, – he thinks he's a tough guy. Um, JT the Brick tweeted out yesterday, how about Tortorella? That would clean up the attitude of many in that locker room. Disagree. Does, oh, my god. Does gosh. the locker room have an attitude? No. There's only one person who has an attitude and has and ostracized himself through some people that I have talked to silently uh, – and he did it to himself, and that's just because he plays mind games with himself, and that was Robin Leonard. But that that there's nobody in there, and that includes Jack Eichel, which everybody wants to hate on. Nobody has an attitude in there, and Tortorella's not going to come in and clean any attitude up. I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen. And real quick, I, the reason why I don't necessarily think Trot's too easy of the answer in because of the reasons you said, but if – if they don't agree with the voice and the system that was in place, well, then you're just getting the exact same system because that's what Trotz does. I mean, I, with the exception of his his power play and, and his penalty kill have always been very good at each of his locations. Well, I mean, I, other than this last year, the Islanders underperformed this year. They thought they were going to be a playoff team. They were one of the worst teams in the league. They needed a change, too, and that seems to be what the NHL does. They all fire coaches in two to three years. This isn't a unique to the Golden Knights. The average mm -hmm. coaching tenure is what I, what I saw, 2.3 years in the NHL. So you get fired, you get another job. It's the same 32 names that just keep rotating around. And, and you know, it, DeBoer will get another job, and it'll be, what, his fifth, fourth head coaching job. Um, Trotz will get another head coaching job. It'll be his fifth. You know, that's what the NHL seems to do. Justin, stick around on the way back. A little more hockey because we got to get into some of the uh, weird – legal language in the deal between the coyotes and arizona state this is freaking embarrassing as they get ready to move into a five seat arena in the valley of the sun 
Call Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000, with your questions today. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to present the facts only on Cofield and Company. A lot of hockey today to start out the show. Uh, obviously, we're all tracking what's going on with the Golden Knights and Pete DeBoer. Justin Watkins, a big backer of the Knights, big backer of hockey. And. Man, oh man, the Arizona situation was not working. So temporarily, they're headed to Arizona State's arena, which holds 5,000 or less. And then a couple of terms came out that were really interesting and kind of insulting to a professional hockey league. One, it looks like the Coyotes can't use their logo on the middle of the ice. And the other one, there's a morals clause. Arizona State can get out of the deal. But I don't even understand the morals clause and what it's based on. Oh, well, I, th- I, I'm less concerned about the morals clause. I think that that's, you're going to put something in there that if the team's done, you know, I think that's more catch all language. Somebody's reading something into it, but it gives them an out. It's, yeah, a, bre- it was- it's a breach of contract. Right. If, if the Coyotes do anything that besmirches the name of Arizona State as being affiliated, right? What, what Arizona State is affiliating themselves with one of the worst attended franchises in all professional sports this side of the Oakland A's. Okay, so can they get out of the deal if no one shows up? Nope. Right. Right. So well, because, what, because what, I, what I'm just I, I'm just gonna I gotta I gotta I know the I know the coyotes there were there were allegations out there. I don't think anything's come of it that they were a poorly run franchise. Frankly when I read it, it, it what didn't have a lot of details, the story from 2021 about the owner uh, Alex Morello um, it kind of sounded like what the New York Times wrote with not much about the Raiders. Right. And I'm like, wait, th- by the way, Arizona State, the football program, like maybe they should write in there, please don't add more shame to our campus. I mean, I'm like, I, pot you, calling the kettle black. What are you doing, but, Arizona State? But it's State? their pot, right? And like, I won't even get to Bobby Hurley. It's their pot, man. I mean, you're you're yeah, the you're one right. who, it's you're your the arena. one, it's your you're arena, the and you've got no negotiating because you're oh you're trying God. nobody's going to show up yeah. you're doing them a favor yeah. and clearly what the negotiation tactics tells me is that Arizona State believes that their branding has more value than the Arizona Coyotes and i think they're probably right can you imagine the games all over the country and yeah. the ash i mean i guess for them it's that's cool value right they, i think they have a big on- online school one of the first you know real big ones yeah, yeah. so they i would do. just put that i would i would change out the logo to that <laughs> yeah sign up for asu.com go to school here if- if I were a resident or an alumni of ASU, I'd be proud that they, you know, that they just roll over because some professional sports yeah. team says, "Hey, I need to use your arena." They're like, "Well, wait a minute." <laughs> it, it, it's uh, it's almost reminiscent of what we told college football a couple of weeks ago, where they're like, "Yeah, yep. CES in 2025, move it." Vegas is like, "No, right." But more of the college football the title game. We don't care. CES is bigger. That's right. Arizona, I mean, Arizona State flexing muscle I love on an NHL team using their arena is just amazing. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's funny that you're getting worked up about it because I, when I read the story, I loved it. I'm like, good. You know, like Arizona, the Coyotes put themselves into this corner. Yeah. They, they're the ones who, who um, you know, sort of <laughs> vacated the premises. I know that eventually basically Gila Arena said, we're, we're not having you. But they put themselves in this situation, and Arizona State wasn't having it. I like it. Yeah, no, I. It's it's comical. It's 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 just it's complete rhetoric when you consider the drama that you see around 
all of professional sports. You know, anytime something comes up, it's like, oh, here we go with the hockey. Here we go with the NBA. Here we go with the NFL. It's professional sports, and it's it's comical rhetoric. But I agree with you. I think it's fantastic that they're flexing their muscles with the logo thing because they're thinking anytime that they, you know, they got, hey, NHL has to deal with ESPN, this. We want our logo out there, and you get to deal with it. Otherwise, go skate in the desert. That's right. I love it. All right, let's go in a totally different direction. I find this one fascinating. Um, I, I think the whole Reno Vegas thing is fascinating. You know, the North and the South. Um, there's a hotel company, Clempton, right? That's going to be infusing some money into the Reno market. And I pointed out to you, the story came out in the RGJ the other day. The lead to the story is what happens in Vegas doesn't necessarily stay there as Las Vegas-based developer CAI Investments broke ground Friday uh, for Nevada's first Kimpton. Let me get it right now, Clempton. Kimpton Boutique Hotel. There's also another comment from someone saying, uh, I mean, Las Vegas doesn't have a, a Kimpton. My God, how preoccupied are these Reno folks with Vegas? Chill out. Be yeah. happy that people are investing in your market. It's it's funny, man. It's a thing. You go up north in Reno, Carson City, all the surrounding towns. And, uh, you know, if you start with a... If you lead with you're from Vegas, you're going to get an earful about what the North thinks of Vegas, which I always you don't, you don't get the first reaction. Is it isn't thanks for your money? Oh, that so that's thanks, that's thanks my, for funding our area. Yeah. Thanks for subsidizing our way of life, because that's exactly what Clark County does for all the rest of the state of Nevada. Let's not even let's not even pretend that that's not the case. We have 80 percent of the population. We create more than 80 percent of the tax base. And the spending that occurs in Carson, I mean, in Clark County at, from the state level is on the order of 67%. So absolutely every other county in this state is subsidized by Clark County. And if they tell you otherwise, they're not being honest. I'll start there. That being said, I think this is super good news because Reno, I think, is turning into a, a much more mature city. I think it's on the precipice of being something really neat. And, and I... I want to be a part of it. We're going to be opening a lot uh, a Reno office. Are you really? Yeah, we're going to be opening a Reno office this summer. I think Reno's got <laughs> a lot of opportunity. But w literally, I just signed a lease for my office space up there. And when I was up there, I was talking to our attorney who's from Reno and worked down here. And he wanted to go back home, which is why we're opening that office. And I was like, why doesn't Reno have any nice hotels? Like it, we're past this now dealing with all these grungy $29, $59 a night hotels. Where's the nice ones? I mean, uh, we don't need, you know, five star Michelin rated hotels, but give me a couple four stars and everything's three star below. And, and I think it's primed for these opportunities where they've got these nice boutique or even, even bigger quality hotels to come in and, and, and play here. And I think it's going to happen really quickly. Well, I mean, and besides, I mean, Reno doesn't have a Battleborn, Cofield and Company studio. Now we will. There you go. You're laying down deals. Um, see, for me, I, and I've said on the air, and I, you know, I joke about it. I, I like when I go to Reno. I have fun there, and I, it is not an insult. It is kind of like old, you know, dirty, grungy Vegas. Laughlin has that feel as well. But that said, the last time I was there, it's completely depressing walking downtown and seeing Harris. This gigantic property closed down. Now, the good news is this Kimpton is actually taking that over and they're going to turn it into residential and mixed use, which obviously residential is going to help that area a lot. And then you're going to force, you know, a need for services for all those people down there. So I think it's a great thing. And the other the other part of it is what 
uh, you started with. The people down here should root for Reno to do well. We don't want to pay the freaking freight for folks up there. So you want to see investment in that city and have it grow. Yeah, and, and, and we are seeing it. I mean, what the difference between Reno in the last 10 years is remarkable. You know, they got a cool little midtown. They have a whole bunch of tech companies in there diversifying their base. They got a great mayor, Shivi, up there. She's done fantastic work for Reno. Big fan of hers. And, uh, you know, I think you're seeing a lot of investment from a lot of different companies in the area, and they want to be there. The tough part is, man, is it expensive to live there. It's more expensive to live there than it is in Las Vegas. It's crazy, right? Yep. Average home price there is five seventy five. Here it's four seventy five. So just same thing. Housing shortage. Housing shortage. Yeah. So let me ask you a question, Joseph. Because your experience with legislature, so on and so forth. In in reality, as big as Vegas is getting, and the growth. I mean, remember, I've been here since seventy two. So I'm seeing areas where there's no more. There's no more room to grow. There are areas, but there's a lot of BLM land. There's just, so in in essence. It's, it's like you said, it's a good thing for Reno because that could be the next, you know, if you're into investing in land and you, and you want to grow your business, I mean, heck, I might have to tell Jordan to open a perfect gym there, but that might be the next spot instead of, you should say, hey, North 15 or South 15, is this where investors can look? Well, I don't think the limiting factor is, is the artificial island we live on here with the BLM because Reno has the same thing. Don't forget, 79% of all the state of Nevada is owned by the federal government. So that exists everywhere in throughout the whole state of Nevada um, and mostly for mining purposes. But I think the limiting factor in which you'll see more migration to the north and a, a faster pace of growth in Reno, Sparks, Carson City, which now with their new freeway system, they are pretty much all connected. Um, you know, you can get from Reno to Carson City in less than 20 minutes um, through the Washoe Valley. Uh, is their access to water versus our access to water? And until we get some sort of change with Glen Canyon Dam, and if we get that decommissioned, get Lake Powell combined with Lake Mead, uh, you know, uh, we're, we, we can't grow infinitely down here. We can't just keep going at this pace for the long term um, based on water restrictions. Last one back to uh, sports and what's going on with Deshaun Watson and tying in Trevor Bauer, uh, Deshaun Watson meeting with the league speculation out there that maybe the suspension won't be that long. Maybe it'll be just four games for Deshaun Watson. And you've made your feelings clear on, you know, NFL being judge and jury, just like Major League Baseball. Uh, Josina Anderson, longtime NFL reporter, talked to an NFL source and said, uh, that person said, quote, look at what baseball did. If people don't think that's on people's radar, then public opinion matters. Uh, you think the NFL wants to be the organization that says sexual misconduct against women means uh, more to one league than the other? Think about it. I don't think Do you think, you think the NFL has to take into account Bauer and Major League Baseball? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the NFL like really cares all that much. I mean, they care enough that they're going to hand down some sort of penalty, but I think that for a large part, they think that they're basically untouchable and, and the fact of sort of losing public opinion to the point where it affects their bottom dollar. I mean, yeah. all of the missteps they've made over the course of the last 10 years has proven that it really doesn't matter. People love the sport. They're going to continue to watch it. They're going to continue to pay for it. All their profits are off the chart. And so I, I, I just don't, I, I don't, I don't think that that's weighing in. I don't think Major League Baseball and what they're doing with Trevor Bauer is weighing into this decision at all. If the NFL really – this is my thing. I don't believe that the NFL believes it has a PR issue. Right. Because I think if you if you look at the conversation around Deshaun Watson, a lot of people are like, eh, we don't know what he did or maybe he didn't do anything wrong. I agree there's with a you. Lot of, there's a lot of people out there who are saying that. So if it was like some massive outcry, then they would react. 
But by the way, and, and I know they're not under the same header, I will bring it up a billion times. Um, there could be similarities with Patriots owner Bob Kraft and what he was doing in South Florida and Deshaun Watson, at least at the most basic level. And I know they're different. You know, th- these are different cases. It's an owner and a player. But was there some giant outrage from the public to get Bob Kraft out of the league? Right. I mean, if, if you're going to sanction him for m- – immoral behavior which is where you'd have to be right now because there's no criminal charges right so it would be we believe that this behavior is punishable because it's immoral then i think he would have a pretty good grievance to point as you say to what the allegations were against robert Kraft, and that was actually criminally charged i mean he got he got it thrown out he got the case dismissed on on a lot of bunch of technicalities but the, but the reality is, is they thought a crime had been committed there. And in his situation, there has not ever been a determination that a crime was committed. Let me ask you this. Um, how much does the league have to take in consideration? And I say this with all due respect to female victims that have actually been accosted or, um, you know, um, violated. The league has to take in consideration that these are allegations and it may not be true. So it, because in the future, there are a lot of single football players that call them womanizers, whatever, but some jilted girl decides, I'm just going to allege this because we saw what happened to Deshaun, so I'll show you. I mean, I think they they have to factor that in. Um, I, I don't think it's news that professional athletes are targeted, you know, any, any more so than, you know, celebrities movie stars um you know you you hear about what the extent that drake goes through to ensure that none of this ever comes to him you know has these disclosures and record stuff and so i i think i think that's part of the analysis right is uh i don't know that you have to punish him if you're just trying to to make it seem like you're doing something because you you're setting up a dangerous precedent in those situations moving forward uh, but I also think that you could use this as an opportunity to to sort of educate everybody moving forward and maybe help the, your players come up with some sort of best practices for, you know, when they're going to engage in sexual behavior and, and what they could do to protect themselves. Justin, great job, man. Thanks. We appreciate it. Justin Watkins, Battleborn Injury Alerts. You got questions, you need advice, you got issues. Give them a call, 570-9000. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000, with your questions today. I think that he was struggling before he got injured in the car accident, and I think that's something to take into consideration. I understand he had his moment at the Masters. He's the great Tiger Woods. He's the greatest ever. I love and respect the hell out of him, wishing him nothing but the best. I'm just not a believer in him being able to sustain physically over a four-day period in any tournament. Hanging at the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. There you go, Stephen A. Smith on golf. I mean, his reasoning is sound there. We'll get to a full golf preview with one of our golf insiders, a guy named uh, Cam Rogers, that's coming up in about an hour. Uh, How's the leg? I saw you doing rehab the other day. As someone on uh, the web, W. Wheelie. Ramirez, what was good? You're what, like in an office chair. What are you doing? So that's the uh, the stool that the the PTs sit on when they're massaging whatever you're getting rehabbed on, whether it's the ankle, the knee, the shoulder, whatever. So they they you know they're they're standing up or they're on a therapist stool that's on wheels. Some therapy for the lower extremity, the lower body injuries. Um, it's funny because last Friday I had asked 
my, the head PT at the location I go to at Soder Physical Therapy, Matt, he said, hey, I remember one time I seen at the big facility over in Southwest, they would wheel themselves around on the stool. They'd circle the lap the gym. He goes, oh, yeah, no, we'll get to that eventually. You know, we're going to move your step, your, yeah. step your training up. Well, you've been aggressive, so, man. I know that. Yeah. And, and so I uh, so Monday, uh, the cat that was in, in charge of my Dave, he was in charge of my training that day. I said, man, can we, you know, so every, you know, you start, you have like five, six exercises. Now it was up to, we're adding it over f- three weeks. It was up to 17 and trying to do them all in one PT session. So <clears throat> I say we can basically do splits, which are now, you know, specific parts of either parts of the body. So we did hamstrings and hamstrings. If you, if you saw, I was never put my foot down. It was always on the heel. So you're grabbing with the heel and pulling. It's using the hamstrings. So yesterday it was a hamstring glute adductor centric. I can't believe how back, how quickly you're back and not limping. Yeah. That was from, from knee surgery. I told the surgeon, the goal was I wanted no limp by my birthday and to be in a squat rack four weeks into after surgery. So that would have been this Friday third. Tomorrow is four weeks. I, uh, and I wanted to be back on the hiking trail. He said, no problem. Well, this past Saturday, 23 days in, I got in the squat rack and put up 135 and the next day i went on a hike or two days later i went on a hike uh with my guy jesse merrick from channel three and did an out and back so and the surgeon called me an animal and said uh and he's been giving me uh snarky remarks but he did say he all in fun because he did say you're just wet you're just you're ahead of schedule because you're doing a lot of stuff outside the physical therapy place can you always get the squad rack or uh the gyms you go to or are they like the one and did you see tmz had a a gym in Thailand where apparently there was a beef over some machine and a guy came over and just freaking cold cock someone. Yeah. It was like he, he requested to use the bench and the guy was using it still. And then he just, so he ended up clocking him. With Maybe that was like the fifth time he tried, he wanted to get on a machine and the guy wouldn't move. It's rough. It's rough, man. It's rough out there. It can be, that's, is it, is it, it actually, is it aggressive at some gyms? Uh, it, it, here's the thing. It can be if you are a dilly dallier or you are a phone you know, if you oh, if you're working out your yeah. thumbs as much as you're working out, you know, now there are people that actually do depending on your workout. There are some people who it's short rest. If you're doing a hypertrophy workout or if you're doing something where time is of the essence, right? You short rest period. So you're trying to exhaust the muscle. If you're going really heavy and you need a two minute rest because you're lifting a, an incredible amount of weight. So you have to give them rest between sometimes people pick up their phone to use the timer. So it just depends. But if you noticeably seeing somebody sitting there messaging or they're on the Snapchat and they're doing selfies in the middle of their sets and they're and one set in between, it's 30 seconds. The next one, it's two minutes. It's like, okay, dude. Or here's my favorite. Oh, here we go. Don't get, get, don't get worked up. Here's my favorite ones is the people that will walk up to the bench, a bench or a high or the, the low back chair, because that's the one of the more popular ones. A low back chair is where you sit down so you could do bicep curls. You could do char- overhead tricep or you could do shoulder press, but they put their their bag on it or yeah. their phone yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, or they put their their water bottle behind it but they never use it right i will have no problem yeah. i walk up and hey go, i'm gonna use this hey let me ask you a question are you using this for your bag or are you using it because i'd like to use this and you nine, say that you say that you're using like, it for your just, bag just like that nine out of ten times they're cool about it the places that i go to 
Uh, giveaway time, 364-1100-364-1100. Pussifer is in town on June 9th at Smith Center. That's pretty cool. You can get your own tickets at thesmithcenter.com. It's Smith Center with Pussifer. If you don't know who they are, the lead singer is the guy from Tool, Maynard, strange character, but highly entertaining. I know a lot of people love Pussifer. Tickets right now, 364-1100 for the June 9th show.